Right, uh, good morning, and uh, thank you very much for your uh, introduction. Uh, and thank you to all the organizers of the conference for organizing this conference. It's uh, an excellent idea. Uh, we live in very difficult times, but that doesn't mean we don't have to address what lies ahead. Uh, and it's commendable that people are being brought together to discuss this. I'd like to start with this image, which was supplied by one of our participants in uh, the first round of the training scheme in London. It's the minaret in Anna. And it's very symbolic uh, of the rich and wonderful heritage of Iraq and also the challenges which that heritage faces. Uh, the minaret is Abbasid. In 1986, it was moved to a, lo a new location uh, due to the construction of the Haditha Dam, where it became or remained a very popular landmark for the people of the vicinity. In 2006, it was blown up by Al-Qaeda. But the following year, uh, the efforts to reconstruct it commenced, and it was fully reconstructed. And it now stands in land uh, occupied um, by uh, Daesh. Uh, it suffered many vicissitudes, and we wish it well. And I'm sure it will, whatever happens, uh, remain a great landmark of the heritage of Iraq. Well, being anywhere in the world, in our case uh, in England, it's very difficult to witness what is happening to the cultural heritage of Iraq uh, and to feel that nothing can be done. Uh, and in these circumstances, the British Museum resolved to see uh, what it could do, if there's anything uh, which it could do. Uh, and this led to negotiations between the British Museum and the State Board of Antiquities and Heritage, uh, which laid the foundations uh, for the Iraq Emergency Heritage Management Training Program. That's a very long series of words. Maybe it's not even the best name for it, but it's a program uh, aimed at uh, cultural and particularly archaeological heritage. So uh, on the museum side, um, the director of the program is Dr. Jonathan Tubb. The head, as we call it, the keeper of the Department of the uh, Near East, Department of the Middle East, uh, and I'm very uh, pleased and honored to be representing him uh, today. The deputy director of the scheme is Sinjin Simpson. There's then two lead archaeologists, myself and Sebastian Ray, and we have quite a strong support staff as well. So we're, we're very lucky to be supported um, in that manner. Uh, in terms of objectives, uh, it's overall uh, cultural heritage management and fieldwork management, and really um, focusing more on the latter, and very much focusing on the practical side uh, of um, the skills needed for excavation and um, post-excavation. But in general, the objectives are to help equip participating archaeologists with the skills they need in approaching the archaeological heritage in areas which have been occupied by ISIS. We should stress, of course, that the skills you need for that work are the same as general archaeological skills approaching any site. And also, there are other threats facing the heritage in Iraq as anywhere in the world uh, through modernization, development of cities, intensification of agriculture, and so on. Nevertheless, our core objective, our core mission is to help equip participating archaeologists with the skills they need in approaching the archaeological heritage in areas which have been occupied um, by ISIS. So the program uh, takes part in two phases. There's uh, a London-based phase uh, followed by an Iraq-based phase. Uh, and in London, the scheme is uh, eight or 10 weeks of uh, rather intensive training, um, which we'll go into uh, in a second, um, followed by on-site experience um, uh, in Iraq. Um, the hope and aim is that there will be seven rounds of the program. 
these are the participants uh, in the first round. Uh, we have uh, Faleh from Nineveh, uh, Heyman from Koya, uh, Mohammed uh, from Anbar, Tarek from Kirkuk, uh, Kovam uh, from Dohuk, uh, and then uh, Haidar from Balat. So we had six participants this time. That turned out to be a very good number, uh, not too large and not too small. And as I understand it, the objective is to stay with that um, number for future cycles. So with the, um, uh, the UK delivery, uh, we're focusing on cultural heritage management, um, scientific methods, um, and practical skills. Uh, this is delivered through a combination of presentations, uh, collection handling, um, gallery visits, uh, and visits to the scientific departments. Uh, that's all within the British Museum. Uh, and then there's also a lot of work with external partners, uh, uh, with other universities in the uh, UK, um, University of Reading, uh, Bath, Spa, Durham, uh, and UCL, uh, and with um, other cultural organizations uh, in the UK, uh, Heritage England for one, and, and IAMENA um, uh, for another. So on the cultural heritage management side, um, the aim has been to give a general exposure to current thinking and approaches in archaeological fieldwork uh, and heritage management uh, with the partners um, that I just mentioned. Uh, this is done, again, both through lectures and through site visits, and we've had many site visits, and we'll be looking at some of those. Uh, and also international case studies. Uh, and in the first round of the program, we had presentations dealing with specific issues in Lebanon, Palestine, Sudan, uh, North Africa, uh, and Afghanistan. Uh, we also had numerous uh, presentations uh, on case studies in Iraq, both from our participants themselves and from other members of the Middle East Department um, in, the, uh, in the British Museum. Uh, and in these studies, among other things, we also draw attention to the legal framework uh, in which uh, such work has to take place. Well, with the case studies, uh, we started with um, some of the major monuments um, in Britain, you could say, um, uh, taking three, Durham Cathedral, Elton Palace, which is a Tudor palace in southeast London, and the Tower of London. Uh, all three of these uh, are major ancient historical monuments, which are major tourist attractions, but at the same time, they are also working buildings. And in all cases, they, they face the challenges of uh, working as an attraction, maintaining the building, maintaining it as a working environment. But uh, the image here is, of course, uh, of the Blitz in London in the 1940s, uh, a time when uh, a large part of London, particularly central eastern London, uh, was uh, destroyed or severely damaged. Uh, in the decades following World War II, extensive reconstruction took place, um, some quickly, some more thoughtful. Uh, and we had a very excellent uh, day in which we were led through these efforts, um, looking at the map of the damage in London, looking at the destruction which was carried out, and then looking at the efforts at reconstruction. Um, some good, some bad, and in some cases the reconstruction is considered so bad it's been torn down uh, and replaced um, a second time. But some have been exemplary. Uh, here we have an image of one of the, the inns of court, one of the legal areas in London, um, severely damaged, uh, but beautifully and meticulously uh, and accurately um, restored. So as we were hearing uh, about Warsaw yesterday, it is possible with the right documentation uh, and the right will and the right resources um, to very substantially reconstruct um, heritage which has been obliterated. Uh, to give another example, uh, also an interesting case study, um, this is the site of the Curtain Theatre near Liverpool Street uh, in eastern London. 
Uh, it's known from documentary sources. This is a Shakespearean theater where Shakespeare himself performed his plays. Uh, and it was known that the site of the theatre had to be in this area, although it hadn't been precisely located. However, when a new building initiative uh, was going to take place uh, on Curtin Road, it was decided to um, excavate and specifically to locate these remains and incorporate them in the modern structure. Um, this is taking place, and it's a very interesting study, as the theatre is not exactly where they'd expected, nor the same shape that they had expected, and this has meant that the design of the modern buildings had to be changed uh, to accommodate that. And we were given a very good uh, tour of the site uh, by the Museum of London, who are, of course, uh, themselves uh, exemplary in archaeological uh, fieldwork. When we were up north, we uh, took the time to go to Hadrian's Wall and to visit uh, a number of sites there. Um, again, a, a key uh, monument um, in British uh, history and archaeology, uh, and it touches upon many issues uh, of uh, history uh, and um, cultural uh, and identity. Uh, we particularly went to uh, the site of Vinderland, which has close relations with the British Museum, and we were given uh, an excellent um, tour there. And that also has an excellent on-site museum, which I think was very, uh, very good model uh, to uh, inspire on how, how these museums can be done. Uh, just as a detour, we went to the northernmost Mithras temple um, in the Roman world, so just a small site, but of interest. But tying us in uh, with our uh, Iraqi uh, heritage uh, and theme, uh, Vindalanda is particularly famous for the set of wooden writing boards you see on the left hand there. Um, over hundred, several hundred of these have been found now. And of course, using wooden writing boards uh, as a writing technology is something which goes back to Iraq. Perhaps it started in Iraq. Um, the set uh, in the bottom right-hand corner uh, are from Nimrud. And we also have many references uh, in cuneiform texts. So it's interesting when there are uh, nodes at which uh, our work in Britain uh, coincides um, uh, with that um, in Mesopotamia. So that uh, was our, uh, an overview of our general um, cultural management um, uh, insights. And then we moved on to the scientific uh, and technical aspect of the program. And I'm going to run through now um, uh, many of the, uh, the aspects which we've been touching upon. Um, so uh, we have had many sessions on the use of satellite imagery uh, and with um, many partners, um, once again uh, with uh, IMENA, uh, also with, with UCL um, and Bath Spa uh, and Durham University. So learning about the potential of satellite imagery and then learning how to download um, corona images um, for um, your own use uh, in archaeological research. And in terms of GIS systems, well, first of all, um, uh, some, some basic uh, GPS training, and then learning how to take uh, GPS uh, information and uh, upload it into a GIS system. Uh, and I'll say two things at this point. First of all, that in order to carry out all these things, um, each of the participants uh, re receives uh, a, a good modern computer, a MacBook um, Pro. Uh, and secondly, that we aim wherever possible to use either free software or at least software where you can simply buy it and don't have to buy a license so that this is as sustainable as possible. Um, so for GIS, we're, we're using um, QGIS, which as you um, I'm sure know uh, is an open source uh, software. Uh, we had uh, presentations uh, on uh, geophysical uh, remote sensing uh, and many examples of the uh, potential um, of uh, these techniques. Uh, and this is something which we will be doing um, uh, in our field projects um, too. 
Uh, and we had uh, an extensive visit to the scientific departments of the British Museum. Um, for those of you who don't know, the, the, the scientific departments uh, are huge and very multifaceted, uh, and it's uh, one of the great resources uh, of the museum and, and of London. Uh, and uh, there's two aspects really I'd, I'd highlight. First of all, is the material sciences, um, where there's many different um, methods uh, and uh, sets of equipment uh, available and in use. Um, but for instance, uh, X-ray analysis, X-ray fluorescence, and ceramics petrography are some of the things which uh, uh, we were uh, shown how these processes were done and what the results uh, can be. Uh, and also, uh, we had very good presentations from Caroline Cartwright uh, on environmental sciences. Um, where, again, um, there's great expertise in the British Museum, as there is indeed in a number of universities um, uh, in Britain. Uh, and uh, emphasizing these things, the environmental sciences in particular, is something which we'll, we are doing uh, in our field work, um, too. Uh, similarly, we had uh, two days devoted to conservation, uh, which started uh, with um, theoretical uh, aspects, with the principles of conservation um, uh, in the field uh, and in the museum, uh, and once again, uh, a number of case studies uh, from, from different sets of material data in different countries, um, and then followed by, by practical sessions, uh, which participants very much enjoyed, and we're hoping uh, in future rounds to extend um, that aspect of the conservation um, exposure. Uh, on then to um, field work management. Uh, and the aim here really is to uh, give the participants uh, the essential skills needed for running a field project. Um, so focusing uh, on uh, project management, uh, on budgetary management, uh, on health and safety issues, um, and on first aid. Uh, in the case of first aid, uh, we had a very good two-day intensive course on first aid for remote places. Uh, and we asked it to be specifically tailored to um, uh, Iraq, so there were some aspects in which that could be done. Uh, and this, this was both a very good course, very, very practical, very hands-on, actually very sociable, and uh, in our next round of the program, we'll, we'll schedule this uh, towards the, the beginning uh, of the program. Uh, on now to methodological things, and looking at the principles of archaeology, really, the principles of stratigraphy uh, and recording, um, we, of course, stand at a certain moment um, in the development of archaeological techniques. Uh, we're way ahead of where people were 100 years ago, and 100 years from now, they'll be way ahead of us. Um, so it's, uh, it's important to reflect upon that, and as archaeologists, I assume that comes um, easily. Um, but it's very important to understand this and to go back to basics and talk about um, why archaeological sites exist, how they were formed, um, and how they should be excavated, uh, the principles of recognizing stratigraphic units uh, and of recording them and have, having systems for recording them um, uh, and documenting them. Uh, and we have used two database packages, uh, one uh, Excel, so the same as we use for budgetary purposes, uh, also very good for um, some aspects of archaeological uh, inventory, and then uh, FileMaker Pro uh, as well. And then both these we've been applying in our fieldwork um, too. Uh, and then on to other aspects of recording. Um, so here, ceramic and small finds recording. Uh, and our approach has been to um, start the old-fashioned way with pencil and paper and the, the old-fashioned uh, tools that one uh, uses for, for uh, this type of illustration, um, to give training in that, um, and then to follow that up uh, by digitization. 
Uh, I, sh I should say that digitization is, is one of the, the themes of the training scheme, is to the drive to digitization, the modern drive to digitization, and to uh, teach that and make sure that all the participants uh, are happy and au fait with that. So these are, are all ceramic drawings um, done by participants uh, in, in the first round. Uh, and then, again, they've had further opportunity to practice these skills um, in the field. And really, a similar uh, case uh, with photography. Uh, and as with computers, where we were very anxious to give um, excellent and the right computers uh, for the participants in the training program, uh, we also uh, equipped uh, the participants um, with very good uh, Nikon D750 cameras um, uh, with uh, a variety of lenses, with uh, an excellent tripod uh, and other accessories. So to give them the equipment they need for archaeological photography. Uh, and then excellent training. And I, I have to take my hat off to um, uh, Dudley in the British Museum Photographic Department, uh, not only an excellent photographer, but uh, an excellent communicator uh, and trainer. Uh, and in three days um, of training, he went from from zero knowledge in some cases, uh, others, uh, other participants uh, had a good knowledge of photography, but for, went from the, the, the beginning through the principles of photography and then to the hands-on aspect. And then here are some of the images taken by the participants uh, in the course of their training. So um, I hope you agree, certainly in my opinion, perfectly um, acceptable uh, records of archaeological artifacts. And then the last thing uh, on the technical training uh, in London was the use of the multi-station. So this is a total station, but uh, with a further capacity in that it can do um, 3D scanning. Um, we chose a, a Leica model. So we had training, uh, initial training in Bath Spa on how to use this, and we've had further training uh, on site. Um, and although I don't have images today, it's, presumed, it's proved extremely useful, not just in the mapping of the site, but indeed in three-dimensional scanning um, and then taking those scans for use uh, in drawing um, sections and plans. So that's a summary of the UK portion. Uh, we now move over here uh, to Iraq uh, to the, um, the hands-on, the field training um, in Iraq. Um, and once again, it's a great pleasure to uh, express our deep thanks uh, to Mr. Kayas and to Mr. Mala Awad uh, for their help and cooperation, their generosity in welcoming us. Uh, and uh, in granting the, the permits to carry out training at two sites in Iraq. Uh, there are two sites, one in the north, one in the south. My colleague Sebastian Ray uh, is digging uh, Tello as we speak. And we've just finished the actual digging uh, at the site of Kalat Garda Band um, uh, in uh, the Kurdish region, uh, a few miles east of Ranya. Now, it's not my intention to give a field report on the excavation uh, today, but just to give you a general idea, Kalat Gadaban, the image uh, at the top right there, is a large flat open site just before the Ranya Pass connecting um, two uh, plains. Um, and we chose the site because it was a large and evidently important site, uh, and we say that uh, on the basis of um, uh, a number of things. First of all, uh, corona uh, imagery where you can see um, a substantial city wall on the left. Uh, and although it may not be so easy to see in this photograph, um, some very substantial uh, rectilinear architecture as well. So that's, that's from the corona imagery. And then on the ground, um, there is a substantial scatter um, of uh, carved stone blocks from clearly a monumental building. So we knew it was a site of importance, but really nothing else was known. The site had not been previously explored. The image at the bottom right, incidentally, um, is a rock relief um, in the pass uh, at the uh, Dabandi Rania. Uh, and it's currently thought to be um, old Babylonian. That's the uh, dating of Professor Meagles, who's been carrying out a survey um, in the area recently. Uh, 
So the field training, very much uh, a focus on being literally um, in the field uh, and, and doing things uh, ourselves with our hands, um, um, uh, excavating, um, supervising trenches, um, uh, cleaning, preparing for photography, um, carrying out photography, uh, and so on. So uh, in this case, the photography building on, on earlier skills. Uh, and then introducing um, one more thing, um, the dumpy level. Um, uh, a not so newfangled piece of equipment, but it remains extremely important, useful, and versatile in archaeological fieldwork. So training all the participants um, uh, in the use of the dumpy level, and I'm pleased to say they, they're all very accomplished at that. And I should say, incidentally, that um, uh, this equipment, the, the dumpy levels, the multi-stations, and so on, it's equipment which we're using for the projects, but when the projects are concluded, um, the ownership will transfer to the State Board and the Directorate of Antiquities of Kurdistan. So you have this uh, um, uh, equipment for further use uh, in the field. Um, and here's an image of Kovan uh, using the, uh, the tablet uh, associated with the multi-station. So just a, a few more things. Uh, I mentioned environmental training. So we had some theoretical um, uh, lectures in uh, London. We actually had some theoretical lectures in the field too. Um, this course has been our first season of the, of the field work, and we set out to prepare and structure it as best as we could. Uh, but needless to say, there are ideas which occur to us and ways of improving um, as we've progressed through the season. Um, and we settled into a pattern that in our afternoon work cycle, from four to five, uh, we have a presentation uh, on uh, whatever the subject happens to be before then moving on to uh, post-excavation work from five to seven. So Dr. Tina Greenfield, who's our uh, environmental coordinator, and she's also our archaeozoologist, um, she supervised uh, the environmental recovery program, here taking soil samples uh, from a floor uh, in one of the buildings in Kalatgar Darband. Uh, we also had more uh, on-site training uh, in conservation with our um, great conservator, um, Avout, uh, just here, uh, and pottery classes. And uh, these have been especially popular. I would say the conservation has been a very popular feature, but um, the ceramic classes have been very popular too. And Mustafa um, Ahmed, who's our ceramicist, a brilliant ceramicist, I, I have to say, um, he's been delivering uh, instruction in the theory of uh, pottery recording, uh, the way of carrying out measurements, analyzing pottery, the way of databasing it, um, and then moving on to um, actually dating uh, the, the sherds, the pot sherds from uh, different periods. And the participants have specifically asked for more instruction in this, so we, we have scheduled some more for this week, uh, and in future cycles we'll continue to do that. Um, uh, so with the pottery drawings, again, carrying on the hand drawing and then the illustration using Adobe Illustrator, uh, and uh, with um, plans and sections, um, again, putting these into Illustrator and producing um, digitized versions. Uh, and then the last thing, um, coming back to QGIS uh, and um, GIS systems, uh, learning how to uh, make basic maps, in this case, um, uh, location maps uh, of the site, and um, each of the participants was able to do it, is able to do this uh, themselves now. So we're very um, pleased to, to have done that. So that's an overview of both the, um, uh, the UK uh, and the Iraq portion. Um, we're all aware, I think both the participants uh, and the training staff, um, of the huge amount uh, 
of training and data which this involves. Um, and we're uh, continually thinking about finding the right balance between general exposure to all aspects uh, and trying to offer more specialized training and opportunities for practice um, in others. Um, and there's obviously no one right answer to that, but we continue to strive um, to get the best solution we can. So that's where we are. We've carried out the first cycle of the program now. We're expecting six more cycles uh, in the next three years. Um, it's been enormously rewarding and humbling to work with such um, talented and able Iraqi participants. Um, and it's been a privilege to work doing something good for the, the heritage of Iraq. I hope that we can continue to do this uh, in partnership and for the great future which this great country and its great heritage deserves. Uh, thank you very much.